0: Beating Alpha. This is episode 66. Uh, today we have a very special guest. Uh, I'm excited to get a hold of this man because I know he's very busy. He said he just jumped from another call to this one. So it's going to be a run and gun interview, but we're going to cover some great topics with uh, you today, guys. Everything real estate investing. So here you go. Charles Carrillo. He's a licensed Florida real estate professional and Eagle Scouts. We're going to mention that a little bit. Uh, a multifamily real estate investor since 2006. Uh, during college, he started an online payment business, which took him to dozens of countries in Europe, Asia, to meet partners and clients, forming his passion for traveling. In 2016, he founded Harborside Partners, a real estate syndication company that offers other active investors and passive investors to the ability to partner with him and purchase larger, more profitable assets. Currently, his company is invested into 250 units worth over $25 million. Additionally, he hosts a real estate investing podcast called Global Investors Podcast. So make sure and go check it out on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe also. Uh, That focuses on international investors looking to invest into cash flowing U.S. real estate. So thank you for being on the show today, Charles. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome, awesome. I think it's going to be a fun interview with you today. Uh, so first of all, Eagle Scout. I know, I, I don't know nothing about that, but I thought it's worth mentioning because again, you have it on your bio and I thought I'm good, just going to do a little bit of research, which I found out since uh, inception in 1911, only 4% of scouts have earned this rank after a lengthy review process. So basically 4% of kids in the States. So that's, a, that's a quite an achievement that the young age also.
1: Yes. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely something because you have a lot of people that you start with that don't end up with it. And it's something I add into my bio because uh, it's just, I think it just shows uh, you start something and you finish it. And it kind of uh, speaks to kind of how I am in business as well.
0: Exactly, exactly. That says a lot. So at a young age. So let's talk about, uh, first of all, the first business, because that's interesting online payment business. It wasn't like PayPal. No, it wasn't part of the PayPal gang.
1: No, no, it's, it's similar to it. It was um, what we were doing was uh, I started years back when I was in college and we were, it was considered more high risk clients that we were taking on. So clients that if you went to your local bank and you started a business, you went to your local bank and they wouldn't accept it, um, you know, online tobacco shops, stuff like this. uh, We would take those clients and we had a network of banks, a very small network that we would place them with, um, the, the pros of it were that um, very little, uh, minimal competition, right? I'm not competing with PayPal, Stripe, Square, you know, name all the other ones. Um, Bank of America, Wells Fargo doesn't want those. So not competing with them, it's great. Uh, and it's just uh, how we got it, how we worked with it was adding new clients in there. And um, my brother manages and runs that business full time now. And uh, we've been little by little selling off parts of it here and there. Um, I'm full-time in real estate and uh, but you know from for years I was full-time doing this and then investing in real estate on the side but my real passion is isn't real estate investing so years back I, I switched gears and went into it full-time.
0: Mm, interesting so the the, the payment company it's, it's not publicly traded yet I'm just guessing.
1: <laughs> no it's not um, we had all different parts of it and uh, I've been we were, it's my brother who have been really consistently selling off different parts of the business um, and keeping like part of the core. We had so many different uh, you, you know, to, to be successful at anything, you've got to like really focus. And that was one of the things that years back uh, any entrepreneur knows and can, uh, can agree with me for sure is that you have um, you have so many different ideas that go through your mind and they're on your plate and you got to get rid of them so you can focus on what you really want to do. And that's where you're going to be successful. And I think when you look at really successful entrepreneurs, uh, super successful entrepreneurs. Um, they've built one business, maybe they've built something later in life, uh, but they've really built one huge business and, um, they don't, they didn't build uh, seven businesses, right. You know, mm-hmm. Amazon, uh, Microsoft, you know, uh, Bill Gates out of all the money he's made and everything he's done. He's two, two organizations, um, his, his foundation and uh, Microsoft. So
0: exactly. The key is focus, right. Follow oh. one course until successful. That's what it says. So, yeah, that is awesome. I, I love, uh, you know, your approach and mentality towards business and building a business. I mean, you 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 wouldn't been accomplished, the Eagle Scouts, you know, coming back to that, if you wouldn't be focused on only one that thing. But talking about multifamily, because again, uh, like real estate in general, I mean, there's different asset classes, different uh, strategies that, you know, might be available for people but why to you choose multifamily in the first place comparing, you know, to the office buildings, you know, flipping deals, you know, buying rental properties, Airbnb, like why multifamily?
1: Multifamily. I, I grew up, my dad was a large multifamily investor and he had uh, some mixed use properties, which mixed use properties, if you're ever in a downtown area and you have office, a restaurant, retail on the first floor typically, and then just uh, residential above it. And that's what we consider a mixed use property. And, um, Multifamily is just something that, you know, we, we saw everything that was happening with office and, uh, you know, you see that going on and I'm, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say that I foresaw everything that was happening um, with COVID and everything else, but um, multifamily is just, it's very simple. You know, people need a place to live and you can provide that housing. Um, you get into, there's so many different ways to make money in real estate and, the thing that always worried me, like you mentioned Airbnb and VRBO, is that you can you can have a profitable business like that. And um, what happens when the city changes the laws, right? Mm-hmm. And it, no matter how big of an Airbnb investor you are, you're not gonna have enough money to out lobby uh, Hilton or Marriott or anything like this if they come in. you know, It's happened in New York and, and all the, a lot of other places, so you might've had a profitable business and you're buying it just to Airbnb it, that would be a risky mistake. And some of the properties that we own multifamily complexes, we've actually airbed and beat out room uh, uh, rooms in there, right? Apartments in there. Mm-hmm. And in um, that, that's very profitable, but it's a small percentage and you don't run your numbers on that, right? We probably had four or five units out of a hundred unit complex. We had once in, and we were, we were doing that and um, it can be profitable, but the thing too is it just takes, it takes one, one city, policy one regulation that changes and what do you do you have if you're if you own the property how are you you know what are you going to do now and then if you're subleasing the property what do you tell your landlord and you're you know you've been paying Mm -hmm. a premium so you could have 30 new 30 people a a month staying in that place uh what do you tell them you know i can't pay or you know
0: Yeah, yeah definitely and coming back to the basics just you know maintenance maintenance and turnover I mean, I spoke with uh, Airbnb management professionals and, you know, that's the first question that I ask, like, because when people come in and they rent Mm -hmm. uh, long term, half a year or a year or more, whatever that might be, it's a different approach. It's it's their home for that time. But when you come in, you know, for for a week or for a couple of days, I mean, you should expect, you know, big turnover. I mean, the the people are going to trash the place and, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so there, of course there is, you know, systems that are put in place, you know, to avoid that, but, you know, like multifamily is different, definitely I see the advantages and the disadvantage of the rest of the uh, properties, uh, you know, like commercial, uh, you know, office space or Airbnb tax advantages, right? Like multifamily has that. So, Okay, so what are you guys are currently focusing on right now when it comes to your deals? Like, what states are you uh, investing in, and what asset? Like, is it brand new A class, like D class? Where are you aiming at?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, for when we're when we're syndicating properties, we are we have a we've casted a much wider net than just Florida where I'm located. It's it's really the whole Southeast, and um, you know we're underwriting deals. From you know Tulsa to Atlanta all the way down into Florida. So the whole southeast United States. Uh, we want landlord friendly states. Um, and when I started investing, I'm originally from Connecticut, a very tenant friendly state. so it makes it much more difficult to operate there. And um, when you're down in the southeast, uh, traditionally much more landlord friendly and you're able to uh, have have the government behind you when you're uh, the local government behind you when you're you're operating your business. Um, so yeah, for the whole southeast for syndications, smaller properties that we might buy ourselves or with one or two partners, um, we focus on a couple counties in Florida that just kind of keeps it a little easier to manage. so
0: Got it. So in a current market transition, so you're looking to buy or sell the properties?
1: Um, Right now, we've just refinanced one property and um, we're purchasing, uh, not purchasing as much as uh, we had planned in January for this year. Mm -hmm. But I think that's pretty, everything's changed um, for everybody in every industry. But um, what we've done is, you know, we're really focusing on C plus and B minus assets and um, we're buying properties. Um, We are making sure with all the eviction moratoriums, you have to be very careful on who you're letting into your property or who's in the property when you're buying it, because you can't get rid of them easily. And that's something that we've been really, really making sure when we do, you know, when you're buying a property, larger multifamily, you're going to do, what's called like a lease audit on it. And you review the leases, you grade the leases. And um, you're really, before you might not say, okay, well, lease doesn't really matter. Or, this person's not, not an ideal tenant probably won't be around for more than six months, whatever, we'll just, we'll put a couple hundred dollars aside or a few hundred dollars aside for eviction. Now it's something where we have to put a couple thousand dollars aside because we don't know how long they're going to be in there for. We don't know how we're going to, if we have to get them out, we don't know if they're just going to sit all through COVID. I mean, there's not a guarantee. So you just have to be more conservative and you have to be asking for seller credits. And um, and really when you're, when you're underwriting, you have to just make sure that hey, there's going to be you know, 10% of people or whatever the number is that you've, you figure out for the area that um, at some point, and then we're not going to renew the leases, right? Maybe even higher if the management was poor, that it was very poor that you were buying it from
0: hmm okay okay got it so going in the future like 2021 like what will be the approach what will be the base best case scenario that you guys want to put your company uh in a position like are you, are you planning like what, what what is the number currently that you have to 250 units that's right yeah yeah know. we have
1: just over 250 units and um i think what 2021 is going to be kind of what 2020 is ending up to be it's um you know, we're, we're not gonna think that uh, COVID is gonna be done in two months or three months. I think this is something not to be negative, but I think it's gonna be going, we're not gonna get back to anything normal until 2022. So 2021 is probably gonna be like the end of 2020 where uh, we're gonna be conservative on the properties we're buying. And make sure that um, you know partners brought us syndication deals this year, and we turned down the majority of them. You know, maybe ninety percent of them, ninety-five percent of them, uh, because we just want to make sure that the areas are good that we're buying in, and making sure that they're solid assets. Because when you're bringing investors' money into, it, especially with your money, um, you just have to make sure that everything you, you have a you have a very good chance of uh, of hitting your targets on there, and it's it's difficult. Yeah. If you're if you're really over exaggerating what your rent increases are going to be or how you're going to be adding value, and I think the other thing too is when we're buying something, we're really looking to get the property online and um, get it stabilized after we've purchased it, and then thinking that probably in, in the end of 2021, maybe 12 months from now, we will then be uh, starting the value add process, whereas we're going to do work interior to the units and we're going to raise rents, and I think. Mm-hmm. Doing that beforehand or putting your estimates as you're doing that beforehand is a little foolish with other things going on. it It's very hard pressed for me to uh, to not renew a, a tenant that's paying, right? So that I can go in there, do work and raise rent. I'd rather have someone that's paying in there that's a solid tenant, um, maybe raise their rent 2 or 3%, right, the normal increase you might have and, um, and just leave them in there until you're ready to do what you wanna do,
0: so. Mm-hmm, exactly. So talking about you know, because you again, you mentioned the syndication and that's basically where you, you know, where people, sophisticated investors, accredited investors pull their capital in the, into this investment. So can you talk about what it takes for somebody to invest? Because uh, maybe there are some people who are listening or watching this. They never heard about what syndication mm-hmm. is. So if you kind of explain for those yeah. people what it is and what you guys do?
1: Yeah. So syndication is uh, we're pretty much pooling money together from passive investors. So those are investors that uh, have no risk. They're limited partners. They're just have the risk of the capital they're investing and they're investing it with a group general partners, which is what we are um, with any other partners that we're working on the deal. And um, we're able to purchase these larger properties. We're able to uh, have scales of economy that you wouldn't regularly be able to get. And, Everybody, when you're talking about real estate, everybody likes the idea of it being uh, residual, right? And, uh, you know, you ask someone, hey, when's the last time your landlord's been to your property? And they're like, I, I've never even seen him. I just see this guy that collects my rent. So that's a, that sounds great, but there's a lot behind the scenes. It's a whole business. So for business professionals, it's very difficult to invest into assets like this, um, buying a business, right? So if you can buy a business with people that already have a system in place, And, um, syndication has become a lot more popular in the last 10, 15 years, whereas previously it was really, um, country club type deals, right. Where you're sitting down and someone's, Hey, you know, let's put together some money and buy an apartment complex. And now that's kind of being brought out, um, with all the podcasts and the internet and YouTube, um, it's really being brought out to the forefront and people actually are, are able to access these deals that normally were purchased by larger companies or were purchased by just wealthy families. So.
0: Mm, exactly. And uh, i seen on the website that you have an a event section. Uh, it, it's called Tampa Meetup. So do you have any upcoming, uh, like maybe virtual, just like this on Zoom, you know, events that people can attend to learn a little bit more about what syndication is and how they can in- invest along with you as well? Yeah,
1: sure. We, have a, we, we paused about six months ago our, our meetups um, for COVID. But we're doing a, we do a monthly virtual, uh, virtual meetup and people can learn all, all different parts of uh, the real estate investing business. And um, there's so much information out there as well that people can find. And we have some education articles on our website, but um, yeah, Tampa meetup is something and we hope to be restarting it. Probably won't be until next year, the way this is going, but um, with our face-to-face meetings, but we do do a virtual one.
0: Got it, got it. So maybe maybe we can include a, a link at some point as well for people to, to attend that, cause that will be interesting. So again, uh, I see on the website as well, because I, I just like to go and browse and see what the, what the companies are doing. And uh, I see you have the book As a Men Think It by James Allen. Uh, uh, if people never, you know, if you never heard about the book, go and check it out. You can actually download it for free. I see here uh, on uh, Charles' website. It's charlescarillo.com. Uh, but what I wanted to ask you, why is it important for you to give back? Because I see that you're, uh, given away, again, part of your wealth, you know, um, to the charity, so why is that so important? And why should it be important?
1: I think it's always good, I don't, I, I know a lot of businesses that will have a, I, I kind of keep it separate and I know some businesses, We'll have like, you know, like Tom Shoes, right? Uh, Tom's Shoes had that where they would donate some part back. And I kind of like the idea of keeping it separate. So if someone's investing, if I'm speaking to someone about investing into one of our syndications or they're one of our partners, you know, that, that's a business. We're there to make money for everybody that's involved with it. And um, personally, though, I do like giving back to different uh, different organizations that I believe in um, that my friends are running or that, uh, I just, they have a purpose that, uh, hits home. You know what I mean? Everybody has different things that happen in their life, whether it's to them uh, directly to their friends, to friends, families. Um, and you kind of want to, that aren't as, you know, that aren't maybe as, uh, on the forefront, right. Of what you hear in the news. So it's great to kind of highlight what you believe in and kind of what you're giving money to. And, um, you know, even if it's something smaller, it doesn't have to be, uh, that was something I was like, I was always, Oh, I'll wait. I'll wait until I hit this goal and then I'll start doing it. And you know, years back, I just started doing it and, uh, it, it feels better. And when I look, when I look through all the different places that we invest or we've donated to, it's a, uh, it's a great feeling to know that you're, you're able to help other people and kind of spread around your success. Um, even if it's a little bit at this point and, uh, hopefully it be larger in the future, but, uh, it's a great feeling.
0: Oh definitely agree with you on that one. People people shouldn't wait um, even though I know there is a lot of people right now during the covid uh, times that are in a you know bad enough shape which is which is a shame again yeah. but uh, some of portions should go either way, you know, because you, you could not expect to get if you won't give it at the first place. Yeah. So that again and that's in a book I think as a man think it so go and grab the book from the Charles website as well but uh podcasts like i see that you have a podcast as well um global investors podcast where you have guests on so like what's going on with this uh project that you're currently running as well
1: so there's like uh, over 5,000 like real estate podcasts out there now it's, it's crazy <laughs> and there's probably there's probably a new one that started while we start before uh and <laughs> end recording this but um it's so, uh, the niche from what I used to work with pain processing, we worked with a lot of international clients and had partners internationally. And, um, so I would spend months at a time in different, in different continents, uh, mostly in Europe. And, um, when I would talk to people over there, I go, they're like, what else are you investing into? What are you doing? And, uh, I said, Oh, am investing in real estate. And I tell them all the great things about like, you know, what we're talking about here at multi-family this, and I never, you know, I never was planning on raising money or anything like that from them. It was just something that I was doing. And they were, how do I do that? And I was like, I have, you know, I really have no idea. I don't know how you would do that. So I started researching it and you'd find so much contradictory uh, information online. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I was like, you know, like, this is going to be my podcast. I'm going to put together a podcast and we're going to interview people that work with foreign investors. We're going to interview people. And so when you look at the episodes, there's some, and you know, we have, we have about, uh, you know, 40% of our viewers, our listeners, viewers are from the US and about 60% are international. Um, and so it's, uh, we, we, we have a lot of US investors on there that uh, they'll tell us about how they invest in th- US real estate, everything like that. And then I'll have some episodes that are very, that are very niche uh, about investing, being a foreign person investing. And if anybody's interested in any of that information, just uh, reach out to me. You can schedule a call with me on my website and uh, we can talk about it or zoom call, whatever. We're depending on where you're located. And um, that's kind of the niche was just helping people find out about this great investment. Cause a lot of countries uh, aren't, don't have the advantages Mm -hmm. or don't have uh, the cash flow potential that you have in the United States. So I want to just show it to everybody.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And it's like, even before like talking with the you know business owners like in ireland or you know different countries mm-hmm. uh, everybody's looking you know to preserve and grow their capital wealth you know some somehow some way but somehow like only the states like i know a few countries that have multi-family also but they don't provide similar returns you know mm-hmm. so i think you know more and more people even during this COVID time a lot of people are actually shifting their attention from, you know, I am a business, you know, professional or I'm, you know, working W2 or, uh, you know, working in a big, big company, Facebook, Google, you name it. I'm an executive. And, you know, like COVID just w- woken up a lot of people. They're just like, oh, I, I maybe I need to start thinking about having a, a second, you know, income source or a third one or a fourth one, which I think multifamilies definitely is uh, a great source of income. So, you know, talking, uh, talking about that, like um, 2021, uh, as we mentioned, you're going to be accomplishing, uh, reaching to accomplish your goals, which I'm sure you will. Uh, so what will be, again, the main platforms for people to get in contact with you uh, to make sure, you know, if they want to invest, they want to learn something from you, what, what will be the main ones?
1: Yeah, so the easiest way is if uh if you are interested in investing in US real estate, passively or actively, it doesn't matter what you want to do, um, set up a call with me, 30 minutes, obviously no cost. Um, you can find on my website, Charles Krillo, or you can go directly to the page at uh, schedulecharles.com. And um and then everything on that website, you can find my podcast if you're interested, if you're foreign, if you're US, doesn't matter. We work with all different types of investors. And uh, looking forward to just talking to you. And uh, if I can't help you or whatever, I'll point you in the right direction to get you uh, going and investing.
0: Here you go. There you go. So that's, that's definitely an interesting topic. Like multifamilies is a good, good space to be in. So guys, make sure and go check it out. Charles carillo.com Of course, the website is going to be in a show notes. So we can go and, uh, you know, check that out. You can go and follow him. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, like he's all over the place. So make sure and go and uh, get in contact with him and uh, i mean it's been a quite uh, run and gun interview as i said you know it's, it's quite quick well i know you have a wealth of knowledge uh, that you can bring and we we just have so much time available to us uh but again for the people who want to learn more uh get in contact with uh, charles and i'm sure he's going to spare you some time to explain uh how their syndication works how you can invest and how you can build wealth with this great asset class, which Multifamily is. So Charles, appreciate the time. It's been a good fun uh, having you on. Maybe we can connect, you know, sometime uh, as well, you know, talk about, uh, you know, future uh, business ventures, you know, you're building your company, you know, so it, it's a good fun. I like, uh, you know, I really enjoy uh, connecting with the like-minded people just like yourself. So it's been awesome. Appreciate
1: it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And uh, when I can travel again and I, I'm allowed back in Europe as an American, then uh, we can meet hopefully and uh, have coffee.
0: Here you go coffee, play golf. I mean, there's a lot <laughs> exactly. of things we can do in Ireland. So, <laughs> Okay, I appreciate it. So, guys, if you enjoyed the show, uh, you already know what to do. Click like, subscribe mm-hmm. to the channel, go same, and uh, check it out. Charles' YouTube as well. Don't forget to, to go and check it out, his podcast. Uh, share this podcast with your friend if you think that will be a good valuable message for you to share uh, you know that you can tell a friend hey listen there's opportunities out there uh, so make sure and go do that and again guys uh, appreciate you watching and I'm gonna see you on the next episode thanks